everyone and welcome or welcome back to this week's episode of Babbling with Brooke. This week we are talking all about my time working at Disney's Galaxy's Edge in Hollywood Studios at Smuggler's Run on my last cultural exchange program. So before we get into that, obviously I have some life updates. Um, well, first off, I am trying to, like this podcast isn't going to have it, but in the future I do want to try to come up with some sort of consistent intro because I feel like me just jumping into it is no lot so just like an overview of what we're going to talk about or something or something pre-recorded or something I just say every single time I'm not sure yet we're trying to figure that out but last week um if you have been keeping up with the podcast you would notice that there was not an episode unfortunately and that was just because life has been crazy originally I had pre-recorded a bunch of episodes those ran out very quickly because I was in the middle of exams I was in the middle of moving out of my apartment I was in the middle of basically transitioning my entire life from being a college person um, living in a different city and all that stuff to moving back in with my parents for a couple months before I moved to Disney World to no longer having my job anymore because I did have to leave that when I left Windsor no longer having my friends around anymore having to combine my apartment that I was living in all the stuff there and combine my life here into one which was such a mess just so many things were happening I literally finished college forever which is crazy because I mean I'm 25 my entire life has been me in college well not in college but me in school my my entire life I mean I started kindergarten when I was like four and then I graduated from my degree in 2020 I took about eight months off then and then I started this program um which I now have a diploma in travel and tourism. So I have a degree now in graphic design, um, a bachelor of design with honors. And now I have a diploma in travel and tourism. Where does that get me? What is my end goal? What is my plan? I really don't know. I would love to see myself in something to do with tourism marketing. I've said for a while now one of my goals is to be able to work remotely kind of from wherever I want to so I can travel and not just travel to Disney, travel to places well beyond which I do plan on doing now that's or once I once I have a little bit of money I do plan on traveling a lot more than what I have in the past and to new places well beyond well beyond the Disney parks and I do want to document those experiences but for the next year we are still sticking to Disney because of course I am moving down to Florida I leave on July 5th I think I've said that before but I leave on July 5th and as we are filming this now that is 60 some odd days away which is really really exciting it's it's kind of crazy everything has snuck up so fast it truly has been a whirlwind saying goodbye to all my new friends who we really just became friends over the last like four months really closely because we were all in different sections and such um, but then this semester we all the big big the big group of us had all of our classes together. It's weird saying goodbye to everybody who I've grown really 
close to over even just the last couple of weeks when we were, you know, hunkering down, studying together and all that kind of stuff. So it was very, very strange. But coming home, I was very excited to see my pets. We have the two cats and our dog, Charlie, and I was very excited to see them, see my parents. I actually ended up changing around my entire room. So basically my bedroom that I'm in right now is the bedroom I like grew up in as a kid. But during my college years, my degree, um, for those five years, I was living at home and my entire room had actually moved down to the basement of our house. So I had my room, I had like a whole desk area. Like I had so, so much more space, which was so nice at the time, I will say, just the little bit of privacy. But moving away, I didn't, you know, need that space anymore. So I moved my room back up here and my sister who was then living at home for college moved her room to the basement because obviously that makes a lot more sense. She's going to be spending a lot more time here. I don't need that space, but now I'm having to condense these two lives I have plus the amount of stuff I had expanded on when I was in the basement and all that into this little room and it is quite cramped, I'm not gonna lie, but I think I finally have a little bit of a flow to it, which I can really, really appreciate, and yeah, I'm really... I'm good with it now. So other than that, this week is Star Wars week. Um, may the 4th be with you all. You guys are going to be seeing this the Monday after Star Wars week. Is it weird to break like the fourth dimension wall or third dimension wall, whatever it's called? I don't know. I don't really have an issue when people do that on podcasts because I know all the podcasts are obviously filmed in advance, but I know some people like it when it feels like you're just like talking to them in the moment. So I don't know if it's weird to like break the wall per se but you guys are gonna be listening to this the monday after star wars week is over because like i said life has been crazy i did want to get it up on the original monday of star wars week but that just didn't happen i thought what a better time to talk about my experience working in galaxy's edge than during star wars week of course so as for galaxy's edge I thought we could just start at the beginning, how I got the job, what the job was like. We're going to talk a little bit about the costumes because they're amazing, what training was like, how I trained for that role, how the role itself works, um, my story in Galaxy's Edge because each and every cast member gets their own story and then you're kind of like documented in Star Wars history forever. Like it's it's canon basically um, because Batu is canon. So it's kind of cool that you're just like, I'm, I am in Star Wars basically now. I mean, I'm not getting my credits in the movie anytime soon, but in my head, I am now a part of the Star Wars story, which is really cool. Yeah, we're going to talk about my story, how I was able to storytell while I was in Smuggler's Run and some of the acting that you had to do in there, um, how I created magical moments for people and just magical moments I saw happen, and then also my favorite and least favorite parts of working there. What we are not going to be doing is spilling a ton of cast member secrets, you know, so we're not, we're not going to be going against things that I'm not allowed to say. Everything thing I'm going to say is my personal experience, my personal thoughts, um, and nothing, it's, it's nothing that's going to ever get me fired or termed or banned from the parks or anything like that. Like, it's just, it's not all this stuff I'm going to say if I am spilling a quote-unquote secret. It's already well open information that Disney has let out, so I'm not really 
if you came here for the tea, this is not what that is. If you came here to because you're interested in Galaxy's Edge and Batu and Smuggler's Run and being a cast member and how that works and everything else, then this is the podcast for you. But we're not we're not doing like a spilling all the tea kind of thing here. That's not what's happening. So my cultural exchange program 2023, so my Disney International program, was from June 20th until August 25th. So it was a very short 10-week program just because it was restarted very late after the pandemic. So this was the first cultural exchange program back after the pandemic. And I was given the role of Galaxy's Edge Operations is what it said on my itinerary. So I had no idea what that meant. I didn't know if that meant I was going to be pack, like audience control. I didn't know if that meant I was going to be on a ride. I really had no idea what that meant at the time because no cultural exchange program students had ever gotten the opportunity to work in Galaxy's Edge um, on their itineraries because it just, it wasn't even open in 2019 for the program. So no one had ever got this opportunity before. So I was really, really intrigued by it. And I didn't know what ride I was going to be on, like I said. So I waited a while. My itinerary, I got about a week before I arrived on the program. And then I got emailed a training schedule, which had smugglers run on it. And I got that emailed to me I believe it was like sometime during my first week on the program before I did traditions and all of that because I had to go out and get specific shoes. Now, the cool thing with smugglers and Galaxy's Edge in general is there's multiple different types of shoes you can have because everyone's dressed very differently, even though they're kind of, everyone's cohesive, but there's like a ton of different shoes you can have. I just ended up wearing my black Skechers running shoes because they fit with the theme and I knew they were comfy. I had worn them on my last program. They were great, but at that point I knew I was going to be in Smuggler's Run, which honestly at the time I, I was excited, but I was also like, oh, why can't I have Rise the Resistance, you know? Like, everyone wanted Rise the Resistance, but looking back on it now, I am so happy I got Smugglers. Not that there's anything wrong with Rise the Resistance, of course. Just seeing my friends who were in Rise and what they did versus what I did in Smugglers, I think Smugglers is definitely the better end of the deal because when you are working Rise as any CP, not just a like international college programmer like as a cp in general you don't get to work first order you only work resistance which i am like there's nothing wrong with that i also got a ton more costume choices at smugglers i got to work tower like there's so many cool things that i got to do at smugglers that i would not have gotten to do at rise and i would have been happy in both places don't get me wrong but smugglers I mean could not have asked for a better spot to be honest I absolutely adored it and by far the best location I have ever worked in Walt Disney World I will say that right off the bat the best cultural exchange program I've ever had the best like the just the best everything I have really zero complaints about anything um on that program so Let's get into what happened next. So obviously, I now have my schedule. I go through traditions and all the training that like everyone does. Um, no matter what role you're in or what whatever you're in, you go through traditions. And then you have a second day that's like some sort of, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like an operations thing where you like watch videos and like learn to lift boxes and you know, like the more quote unquote 
boring new hire stuff that you're going to do at every job ever. And then I had my Hollywood Studios orientation day, which is a day that all cast members who work in Hollywood Studios are going to have. If you work at Animal Kingdom, you're going to have the same thing for Animal Kingdom. If you work at Magic Kingdom, you're going to have the same thing for Magic Kingdom. Basically, you get a overview tour of the park and they tell you what's what, what's where, options for guests. So you kind of know if you've never been in the park before, if someone asks, you know, where's the nearest bathroom? You kind of have an idea of what's going on. You know what the park has to offer, all that kind of stuff. That's a half day of training that you have there. So um, once again, that is for all Hollywood Studios cast members. As for training for smugglers itself, I had five days of training plus an assessment day. And we'll get into what all that means in a minute, but for smugglers, as a CP, you are trained in every single position. So the opening positions, the closing positions, the tower positions, the like load, unload, like literally every single position you are trained in and you are trained how to do. And you're also trained in land clear, which is essentially like audience control so both rise and smugglers do land clear which is just another the galaxy's edge words for pack if you're um like familiar with that word parade audience control audience control whatever um rise and smugglers do land clear i'm not sure if merch and that does land clear too but there's no like specific land clear role anymore like when land first opened there were people that only did land and like traffic directing of people and all that that doesn't exist anymore day one was like your very average like nine to five day i believe i don't think i have my schedule anymore so i can't exact tell you the times and all that because it was almost a year ago at this point wow that is crazy it literally feels like yesterday like i feel like i could hop on there and operate the ride right now but um no it is it was almost a year ago that i started it, it 10 months ago that i started working there so Day one, you go in, you meet at cast services, you go and you get your costumes, and <sighs> costuming for Galaxy's Edge is amazing. I love it so much. Um, now, costuming is obviously like a backstage area, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but basically, or about like, like what it is and what it looks like there, but essentially, when you are a Galaxy's Edge cast member, with the exception of working on Rise the Resistance, so whether you are in, like, Ogas or Docking B7 or Merch or Smugglers or whatever, you get to mix and match your costumes. So there are a ton of different pants options, there's a ton of different shirt options, and you get to pick your favorite ones or mix and match however you want. You could wear a different variety of them every single day of the week. You could do whatever you want. And now because Disney has like the gendered costumes, like you, the females don't have to wear the female costumes and like you can just wear whatever you feel comfortable in in that sense. Um, you can wear like the male quote-unquote male version of the costumes too, whatever you want to do. So I definitely took advantage of that. There, of course, I had my favorites. I really, really loved the like blue cargo pant version of it all. And there was this teal shirt that I really loved also. I thought they matched perfectly together. I adored it. And there was also this green set that I wore a lot too that I really loved. I actually found this one shirt that was the like I, it called to me. I saw it and it was just this most vibrant green when all the other ones were like kind of dulled from being washed so many times. This was like a brand new one and it was the most green. Every time I wore it, everyone was like, your shirt is so green. I was like, yes, this is my, 
my favorite shirt. So I did that, but there were so many different options. Then there was also, you got a belt with it and a rain poncho and the rain ponchos are not just like the normal cast issued rain ponchos they're like these green like star warsy ones which i'm sure you've seen people wear if you spend a lot of time in galaxy's edge and then i also got to pick out my vest and i mean by pick out i mean just like choose the right size because they're all the same but at smuggler's run we do wear the normal galaxy's edge costumes but you also pair a vest with it which is the bright bluey tealy bright neon blue vest which I mean literally my color scheme like smugglers said oh we know this girl's color scheme like let's put her here I swear they were like oh part of Brooke's world bluey green colors we got you and I loved it I loved my vest so much my vest the pockets in the vest oh they they fit everything if you want to go and know what I kept in my pockets I did just post a real on Instagram actually um and on TikTok a long time ago of showing you what was in my pockets back like in July or whatever whenever I filmed that but I kept everything in those pockets and I loved it um we could also wear face masks optionally so the Galaxy's Edge face masks are also different from the other cast member ones they're just like this gray color and um all that and it is to be noted I don't get to keep any of the costume pieces, unfortunately. I did have to return them all at the end of my program. Like with any Disney costume, you're allowed five pants, five shirts out at one time, and that was the extent of it. You had to return them all at the end of your program. I also got a Galaxy's Edge name tag, which I did get to keep, so I'm literally looking at it right now. So it's a silver name tag. It has Brooke engraved on it, and then the Star Wars font which I'm so sorry I don't know the name of off the top of my head um and that's how you spell my name in that font underneath and then I also did get a special earning my ears badge so when you're in training you get a earning my ears badge whenever you're in training all over the parks but I got one that says crew in training and it's really special and I did get to keep all of that stuff um, and I mean, you're always allowed to keep all that stuff that is yours. So that's really exciting. And I love the fact that I now have just like name tag wise, I now have two of the original name tags that the parks had because I did two programs. So I got two of those. I have my 50th anniversary name tag. I have my star Wars name tag. And now I'm also going to have a hundredth anniversary name tag. Like it truly doesn't get better than that. And then who knows what they're going to switch to after the hundredth anniversary, because I mean, technically that ends in December, right? So we'll see, maybe and they might extend it, I don't know, but I have until July 2024 to see what other new fun name tags they come up with. I don't know, we'll see how it goes. But either way, Galaxy's Edge, I got the coolest name tag ever. We pick out our costumes, sizing, all of that stuff. You're now in your Galaxy's Edge costume. We did a little tour of Galaxy's Edge with our trainer. It was me and uh, my friend Kelly in our training group. I miss Kelly so much. I love her. She's from the UK and she's just one of my favorite people in the world. I literally miss her so much. There was the two of us and our trainer. Had an introduction to the ride that day. We got to um, do a little tour of the land and our trainer showed us where everything was. We got a uh, you know, introduction to the different positions within the ride and what we would be doing. We got a little orientation as to where, you know, all the secret passageways were that led you to different parts of the ride and what door to go through to get to where, which, spoiler alert, it's very confusing on Smuggler's Run. Um, 
but you do get used to it very quickly, so don't let that intimidate you. We got to ride the ride on the clock, which was really exciting, so we did get to ride Smuggler's Run as pilots on the clock, which was fun. I got to do that a couple times on my program, and then we did a ton of reading on the iPads, which is well, so when we got Land Clear trained, um, and Land Clear trained is simply just an iPad reading, and that is that, but that was day one. It was super easy, simple, you know, your nine to five kind of day, and it was basically just this really easy overview of this is what's happening, and this is what you're going to be doing. Then started the opening shift training. So days two to four, we had an early start to the day. Like we literally had like, I think it was like a 5 a.m. start time, which meant you had to take the bus at like 4 a.m., which was crazy. It might have even been like a 4.30 a.m. start time. I don't remember. I just remember it was so early to the point where one morning I was in the kitchen like making my breakfast when Alana was coming home from the night before. So literally like it was to the point where like you you hear the stories on the cp where it's like oh yeah like i was getting up to go to work and my roommate was coming home but like that was literally what happened i that's the first time i had actually experienced that on the cp was me waking up so early and my roommate was just coming home mind you she was not out for a shift but she was just coming home. So that's kind of when we started doing the early morning shifts on how to open the ride. So there's three different positions you could pull basically for opening the ride. Well, that's a lie. There's many different positions you could pull for opening the ride, but it takes you three days to learn them all. So, and obviously you can only go over one every single day. So those three days we went over in the morning how to do each of those positions on opening the ride, walking the track, making sure everything's good to go, making sure safety is number one. No matter what opening shift you get, you have to fill out a checklist. That's not a smuggler's run thing. That's just like a, like any ride ever safety thing. Um, so we did that. And then the rest of the day was just learning more stuff on the ride. It was a lot of reading, a lot of boring iPad reading. So basically how training works is you, you know, learn how to do the thing, and then you read how to do the thing, and then you do a little test on the thing, which is not a hard test, it's like one or two multiple choice questions, and then you move on to the next thing, like it's, it's not a, it's, it, it, it's kind of boring, the iPad stuff, I'm not gonna lie, but it's, you get to do other stuff in between, which is kind of cool, the next day we learned how to close, so we had, um, or day five, I guess we learned how to close, because there was three days in a row of the opening, the next day we learned how to close, so that was a night shift, obviously, and yeah, I mean, we learned all the different roles, and I want to say there's, like, there's so many different positions than smugglers, there's, like, I want to say well over 20 when you, when it comes down to each individual position, some of them are the same multiplied, but when it comes down to it, like, there's so many. I do remember, though, on the second day, we actually also got to ride Rise the Resistance on the clock, which is really cool. So, we got to all of the cast members who were on, or the new training cast members on Smuggler's Run and Rise the Resistance, all rode Rise the Resistance together. Oh, I was so obsessed with that day. Like, what better, like, we were all dressed in our Star Wars clothes riding the ride alone so it was empty so it was like the most realistic experience you could ever get on rise the resistance 
everyone's in character, in costume, like literally everyone, even us who are the quote unquote guests in that scenario, going through the res- like, oh, so, so, so cool. Next day, we had our assessment day, which is when a different person comes in. So all these first five days, we had the exact same trainer. This is a different trainer on assessment day. And basically, they go through and watch you do all the positions, make sure you're good at them, and make sure you'd finish any readings that you hadn't done, all that kind of stuff. I will say my training did run long, me and the girl I was training with, Kelly, just for some reasons that there, basically, there were some things that our trainer completely forgot to go over with us, like, whatsoever. So, the training ran long because she had to show us how to do it, and then we had to practice doing it and get assessed on it. So, our training day went from, like, an eight-hour day to a 12-hour day, which I will say is pretty rare, but it's nothing to be scared of because even if you don't pass a section of training, like, they'll just show you how to do it again, and you get to redo it, so it's not a big deal, like, you're not going to, it's not like, oh, you didn't do this well, like, you're termed, no, not at all, they are so wonderful there, and so caring, like, do not be concerned about it at all, because if you're not doing something right, they will help you fix it, and then, like, let you try again, and all that, like, it's totally, totally fine, and if your training does run long, like, don't feel like that's a bad thing either, it's better to know the stuff, and then go out into, you know, like, like, have a longer training day and make sure you know the stuff, then have a shorter training day, not really know the stuff, and then go into, like, a normal, you know, once you've learned it kind of day with it, because if you screw up, especially safety-wise, after you, quote-unquote, graduate from training, that could be, like, really, really, really bad, um, to the point where you are sent home, but if you screw up during training, that's totally fine, so just be aware of that, um, but yeah, basically we learned how rotation works, a ton of safety stuff. Safety is so, so important, especially when you're working such a high tech ride. That's, it's just, it's so important. Um, we learned, like I said, how to do checklists, how the ride itself works, how it operates, um, a ton of different stuff about the actual, like, mechanics of it, which was really cool. Obviously stuff I'm not going to share. After that, we were graduated and we got to work on the ride. As for the actual storytelling portion of it, so a couple weeks later, like, I want to say this was, like, middle of my program. They did this way too late, but I'm still glad we got to do it. We had a day on our schedules all about learning the story of Batu and putting together our Star Wars characters, learning about the Black Spire outpost in general, um, all that kind of stuff. We got to pick what planet we were from, we got to choose our own backstories, we got to learn the language-specific terms, so I do have my guide in front of me that I got for that, and I believe all of this in the guide here is public information, like, I'm not gonna say there's really no secrets in here, it's basically just the story of Batu, which is very public, but it says the languages. So, for example, hello, you say bright suns during the day, rising moons at night. Good luck is may your deals go well. Um, if you want to say goodbye, it's may the force be with you, may the spires keep you. Just, like, little things like that. Um, calling, you know, money credits, um, cell phone a communicator, 
stuff that were words that we had to use on stage at all times, basically. Wheelchairs or scooters were transports, words that you would use on a daily basis that just Star Wars has different words for to keep in character. We got to learn about all the locals, so who Oga is, who Hondo is, who Doc Ondar is, DJ Rad, everyone in Galaxy's Edge who is a character, like who they are and what their story is, which is really nice if you have no knowledge on Star Wars at all. This day would have been super, super, super helpful. I mean, it was helpful for me even though I have seen all the movies quite a few times now and really have kind of investigated the movies. Like, it was still really great to know because, honestly, I didn't really know who Honda was before I started working for him. So, being able to know that, the story behind him, all that stuff was really, really cool. So, for choosing my own story, it was like guided of course so we just went through um first they had us pick out a bunch of personality traits based on it's basically like a personality quiz like i felt like i was taking like a buzzfeed test like which planet do you belong to or where did you come from to come to batu that kind of thing so um we picked a bunch of words from the list and i found out that i would be part of the scoundrels gang on batu and i communicate each day from Galma, which was my planet, so there were three different ones that you could pick from, um, whose names I don't remember, but Galma was the one I chose. My home is a small spire, and my family's livelihood is mechanics, repair, and construction. So basically, my story coming out of it is I was from Galma, and my family was really good at being mechanics, which is why Hondo hired me to work for him to, you know, help fix ships and work on the Falcon and all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of um, my point of view. And like, I was okay working for Hondo, even though it was like kind of under the table kind of deal. My point of view on current events. Um, so I wrote down here, it says, how do you feel about Oga's rule over Black Spire Outpost? And I said, it's time for a change, and I will gladly step up if the time comes, but I also respect the operation. How do you feel about the First Order's presence on the planet? It's about time for them to go. The planet needs some order, but the First Order has questionable tactics. And how do you feel about the Resistance presence on the planet? They're causing problems and potentially drawing attention to the locals' operations. We're just trying to make a living. So basically, I just wanted everyone to go away and everything to go back to normal. I'm sick of all this kind of mayhem that's been going on and if anyone ever asked me a guest or anyone ever asked me my opinion on something or my view on this or i wanted to story tell or something like that i could go into this information because that was my story that i stuck to and it was consistent but it also gave me it, it really integrated me into the land basically yeah you get to pick your planet your backstory learn all the stuff and that was a whole class that we took as for smugglers run um so the story with smugglers run docking bay what were we docking bay five i think let me go to the map docking bay 10 docking bay five that is definitely not us so basically the story behind Smuggler's Run is Hondo is running a quote-unquote legitimate shipping operation and we are a part of that operation when in reality he's basically smuggling goods pretty much and um yeah so it's marketed as a legitimate shipping company when that is not the case and you will really see that I didn't really fully understand like the pre-show in that before I learned the story and then I was like oh okay that makes so much sense with the words he's saying in that so 
um, like I said, I wasn't too familiar with Hondo beforehand, so that makes so much more sense now, but, um, you can kind of play up those story techniques throughout, too, like, we always called ourselves a legitimate shipping service, um, or when people asked what the ride was, you can kind of play into it that way as well, um, well, also, of course, telling them what it is because safety first, right? Um, and people need to know if they can actually ride it or not because a lot of people don't know what it is. But some of the storytelling that I had throughout, so I'm going under the assumption here that everyone has ridden the Smuggler's Run before. One of my favorite places to storytell is the main hold room where you're sitting there with the Dejeric table and like in the main room of the Falcon, basically. Um, and this is where they're telling you how to pilot the ship basically so left pilot goes left yeah okay yeah so <laughs> here's my spiel if i remember it because it has been a hot minute you're gonna be my left pilot today you have the really fun job of steering is up and down but here's the trick down goes up and up goes down as for my right pilot your job is so much harder you're gonna be steering us left and right today now left goes left and right goes right do you think you can handle that wonderful for my gunners you're going to be pressing those flashing buttons on the side make sure you press them as soon as they flash you're going to help us shoot down our enemies and our engineers in the back here you're also going to want to press those flashing buttons as fast as you possibly can because you are going to be fixing the ship in case our pilots over here crash into anything um that was my basic spiel yeah that was my basic spiel um and then if we had time i would go into my additional spiel if the you know cockpit wasn't quite ready for them i would continue on with something along the lines of yeah like i used to pilot myself um but unfortunately there was quite the crash landing i had the other day and hondo took away my pilot's license but it was okay because it was just a fake anyway so i'll just head over to oga's after and get another one and then I would continue on to something like I tried to blame it on the porgs but no one would believe me and you'd usually get a couple of laughs out of that and that was always my goal it was just to try to make it not so instruction-y but also just kind of play into the fun of it all and people tended to really enjoy that as for when you're getting out at the end of the ride I would also try to play into that so as I'm sure many people know this is not a hidden secret we know how you did when you're getting out of the ride. There are cues as to how you did, and we know exactly how you did before you even, before that door even opens for you to get off. We know exactly how you did. I'm not going to tell you what those hints are, but there are hints for us to know how you did, and you can story tell based off of that. So sometimes I would like fake stumble into the cabin and be like, whoa, glad we made it back in one piece kind of thing, or okay, that's enough, like, get out kind of thing. Like, you could be, you didn't have to be happy all the time. You could kind of really play into the story a bit. Another thing, when I was loading them, because once again, you are on a time limit, as you are for any Disney ride, I would be like, let's go, we have 30 seconds till this ship takes off. Move it, move it. And people would run in and they'd be excited and they'd put their seatbelts on right away in that. And that was a really great, great way to play into the story once again, but also get people just kind of moving. It was so much fun. <laughs> It really, really was. And, um, of course, though, safety number one. So that is obviously first priority. So don't let the storytelling ever get in the way of safety protocols and all that stuff. I also got a chance to create and watch a lot of magical moments go down. So I think the most obvious one is huge Star Wars fans who had never seen the inside of the Falcon before and how the cockpit was 
something they had only ever dreamed of and to watch full-grown adults almost break down into tears because how amazing of an experience they had or how realistic this thing looked was amazing to see like you could just see how awestruck they were just by stepping into this ship because of how absolutely amazing it was um there were certain buttons we could press in some cases to make the ship do certain things i'm not going to expand on that either but watching people's reactions when that kind of stuff happened too was really always really really cool and just getting to make their day by playing with the story a little bit more and seeing the story come to life in front of them was just amazing we had a magical moment that i actually talked about previously in my magical moments podcast the episode which i believe was just the last episode i filmed but basically one cast member every day got to go out and pick a family to perform a magical moment with and this magical moment was it it, the magical moment literally takes like a half an hour like it's the best magical moment it is the most unique experience and it's the coolest thing and i'm so glad i got to do that a few times and just make people's entire day or even like their entire vacation you know take pictures with the family after like it's it's so so cool during my time working there was the i don't remember what they're called but the after hours events for cast members there was a bunch of hollywood studio ones so we had chewbacca come out we had r2 come out i love r2 he's so funny um he's wonderful i did get a picture with him that i am unfortunately never going to be allowed to share because it is a backstage photo um that i did have permission to take i will say i had 100 permission to take this is not like against any rules or anything but i can't share it in public unfortunately but we had r2 there we had chewy there i love chewy and just also watching cast members faces when they saw R2 and Chewie there because as cast members 90% of them have ridden the ride before but this was a really cool unique experience for them and then also teaching people to put the ship in Chewie mode so you can look up how to do this but basically instead of the normal experience you have on the ride um with you know Hondo saying stuff or whatever it's Chewbacca screaming at you the entire time which is wonderful. Um, I don't know who wouldn't want that. Like, I loved it. Like, there is no better experience than Chewbacca just, like, absolutely screaming at you. It's great. I mean, that's Smuggler's Run. I don't know what else to say about it, except it was the best experience of my life. Like, it is something I will truly remember forever. I, I loved Smuggler's, and I would have done anything to extend that program, to go back there, to be able to stay there. The cast members there were so wonderful. I made so, so many friends there who I still keep in touch with, and I am so excited. So many of them are coming back to do cultural representative programs, and there's unfortunately been a pie turnover because we had so many CPs, but some people I still know still work there. Smugglers was full of college program students so unfortunately everyone's kind of everyone who stayed is kind of scattered all over Walt Disney World now and because I was mainly working night shifts those are mainly the people I worked with but there are a few full-timers who are still there who I can't wait to go back and say hi to and I I cannot say enough good things about Smugglers One truly however 
everyone has their least favorite part of everything. And mine comes as a little bit of a warning to those of you who are working indoor rides specifically. And my least favorite part about working Smuggler's Run is the amount of times I got sick. I never had COVID. I had strep throat. I had pink eye. I had colds. I had everything. I just lost my voice sometimes for the thrill of it. I had everything under the sun. I could not believe it. Those 10 weeks I was there, I was probably sick a good five of them at least and not like a little bit sick. Like I need to call it work because I can't talk and I feel like I might eventually need to go to the hospital kind of sick. So my advice to you is if you are working any indoor attraction, wear the face mask. When I wear the face mask, when I finally started wearing the face mask, miraculously, I stopped getting sick all the time because when you're inside, germs spread. And I don't care what your view on all the COVID stuff is. That is regard like that's germs exist and no one can fight me on that. Germs exist, period. And when you have a ride that is seeing thousands of people daily, you are getting exposed to so many different germs from all around the world. And your body will never be immune to that. So just wear the face mask when you are getting up that close to people because you don't want to be sick all the time like I was. So that was definitely my least favorite part. Just because I loved doing my thing, but you don't want to do your thing when you are feeling like garbage. And unfortunately, I did end up calling out a few times because of that, because I just, A, I couldn't talk at all which is a problem when 90% of the rolls there are big spieling rolls. There's a lot of spieling to do in Smuggler's Run. Um, and it was just not a good time. So make sure you have cold meds on stock. I always had hauls in my pocket. So make sure you have hauls in your pocket because that is also very important. And especially if you are spieling a lot, any attraction actually where you're going to be spilling a lot bring halls because you never know when you just need a little throat lozenge drink lots of water keep your immune system up eat healthy all that stuff wear your face masks because germs spread like crazy i cannot stress that enough be aware that if you are going to be indoors or really anywhere in disney world because it can happen outdoors too germs are there and they spread and you will get sick because there's so many different viruses going around that your body has just never met before or isn't used to or your immune system's down trying to fight one thing when another thing comes at you. It just happens. So lesson of the day is wear your face masks because you never know what is coming for you and even the common cold sucks, especially when you're in Disney World. That is all about Smuggler's Run. I really am not sure what else to say about it? I've said it a million times already in this episode, but I adored Smuggler's Run so much, and I've never been so sad to leave somewhere, so sad to leave the people behind that were there, and just, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. So, we are gonna call this episode Wraps. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about my time at Smuggler's Run and just about Galaxy's Edge and all that fun stuff. If you do have any questions, I mean, feel free to DM me on Instagram and maybe I can potentially answer them if it isn't like 
not allowed kind of thing. Um, I'm more than happy to answer any just, you know, regular questions. Um, but make sure you go follow me on Instagram too. The podcast Instagram is at Babbling with Brooke and the, my personal Instagram and personal YouTube and all that stuff is part of Brooke's world. So thank you so much for listening and have a magical rest of your day. Or shall I say, till the spire, my friends. Oh, 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 oh,